0: Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world.
1: Thank you for joining us. We have a great program for you today. In the competitive world that we live in, every, everyone who has uh, thrown their hat in the ring seeks some sort of advantage, and especially in situations where there's great demand and there's limited resources. There's not really enough to go around, it seems. People are vying for a way to have an advantage, to get what they need. Please listen to this clip preached by Pastor Butch Vieter.
2: God has given us his word, his written word here. And his written word gives his spirit an opportunity to speak precisely to my heart. That word that the spirit speaks to me is my advantage over a kingdom of evil that day. I might get a number of words that day that give me a distinct advantage over and against a kingdom of evil that seeks to undermine and compromise my life of faith. Now, Saul was Israel's first king. Now, David has somewhat a commentary. The fellow who replaced him, of course, is our great King David. You can open the Psalm 118 and written, uh, in, in, excuse me, and read something that David says about this process. Saul was given these great things from God. He heard God's word. And he omitted from what God said those things that he didn't want to do. And he did that part of God's will that suited him. And he forfeited so much. David is speaking in Psalm 119. This is the guy who replaced Saul. He says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed thereunto thy word with my whole heart I have sought thee oh let me not wander from thy commandments thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee blessed art thou O Lord teach me thy statutes the principles in the word with my lips have I declared all thy ju- the judgments of thy mouth I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways I will delight myself in thy statutes I will not forget thy word now the New Testament equivalent of this is in Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.15 study To show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Now, David was a serious student of the word of God. He was much crazier than Saul. David didn't have the control over himself, the self-control that Saul had. And he resorted to strengthen himself To understanding God's word and when he realized he was in violation of God's word, he would run back to God, cry for mercy and say, give me another word, would you? Right about now, quicken thou me according to thy word. You see how many repeated times David said, give me, get me one of these words. Now, if we were going to be missionaries in China and all, we're all going to hop on a jumbo jet leaving Logan without terrorists, thank you, and head for China... We ought to have already studied the Chinese language. One thing is clear to us, our message of God's saving grace and the mercy expressed in the cross. But unless we speak Chinese, it's going to be very difficult for us to express our message. The Holy Spirit's message is clear to him abundantly. It's very clear to the Holy Spirit what his message is. If I don't study the word of God, it's difficult for the Holy Spirit to find utterance in me and speak specifically to me and give me the advantage God wants to give me today and tomorrow and all the following days of my life. I can forfeit the advantage I have in Christ. You can forfeit the advantage that Christ has given you over a kingdom of evil.
0: Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com 1
1: Timothy 6, 5 and following Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. It's amazing when we realize a godly person, someone who's walking, filled with the word, filled with faith, an understanding of grace, practicing the presence of God. That person is, has an incredible advantage. And they are profitable people. They're profitable in their family. They're profitable in their church, in their workplace. The natural man is very unprofitable to God. As a matter of fact, he's taken quite a loss because of the fall, because of sin. But godliness, walking by faith, pleases God. And that pleasure that's given to God, uh, it's quite profitable. Just like someone who invests the word invests Bible teaching into people and then he sees them walking in the Word. In first John. is very profitable. It gives great pleasure to that man. And the mixing of faith with the Word of God. This is was the problem with the Israelites, wasn't it? In Hebrews. They didn't enter into the rest of God in Hebrews four one. Because in 4.2, when the gospel, when the good news was preached unto them, the same good news, though line upon line, here, a little, there, a little, there's a progressive revelation in the word of God. And our good news is more than their good news was because we have ex- more history behind us. The cross is behind us instead of yet in front of us to be experienced as it was for the Israelites For us, we live in a post-resurrection world. But they didn't mix faith with the news, good news that was given to them. And it didn't profit them. When we mix faith with the word, it becomes life. And it becomes an advantage we have in this world because we're alive in the midst of a dead world. We're in communion with God in in the midst of a world that's cut off from God. And this government of evil can do what they want in very many ways. Um, In a world that's cut off from God, powerful beings in a kingdom we don't understand and can't see have this freedom to operate. But they don't have that freedom to operate in the spirit-filled believer that's mixed faith with the word of God and now has God's mind as he's walking on the planet, and can't easily be deceived. He isn't easily taken in the con that's laid out for the rest of the world, preying upon their fallen image of of God to want to do good, to have a desire. And yet that desire is tainted by greed, but not so for those who are walking dependent on God, for those who have passed through a cross, for those that have a living Word inside of them, functioning in their mind and giving light to their pathway and all those and the next steps that come before. So we want we want that advantage. We need that advantage in this world. And when we don't have it, it's amazing how quickly, in our own minds, we can begin to condemn ourselves or condemn others. We can begin to see our failure as our identity or our performance, our good performance as our identity. We begin to have expectations from people that are very unrealistic because they can't meet up to the standards that they should meet up to. That it makes common sense that maybe they should meet up to, but they can't. But when we have a promise from God, when we have a thought from the throne of God that's been presented to us through the pulpit, through the Bible, through our own meditation, on those things that are heavenly, that will never pass away, and they're specifically sent from God, by the Spirit of God, which is mystical, which we know, we search maybe the scriptures, or a promise book, or through our notes, or through our past experiences with God, but we hit on this thing and that thing, but those things don't really give us life. And then suddenly, it's amazing, like finding that light switch in the dark room, we flip it because it's its a thought really sent from God for us that he desired we would find, and the lights come on, and we have life again. And we experience there is therefore no condemnation. We experience this life that we were meant to experience, that God has a desire for us to walk in and live in and present to others so that they can be free, so that they can have life. Jesus came to set us free and to set people free, to give us an advantage in a dark world, to make us His, and then after we're His, to arm us and equip us to walk anywhere and be able to do His will and be able to have communion with Him in any circumstance.
0: We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com
1: So, now is the part of the program where we give an opportunity. (laughs) We give an opportunity. And that opportunity is to receive Christ. Many of you out there, maybe you've not done this before, and maybe when you've heard of it, you didn't see it as an advantage at all. You saw it as a great problem, or something you didn't understand, or something religious, or something you didn't need in your life. But I'm telling you now, because the scriptures tell you, you must be born again. You must receive the free gift of righteousness in order to enter into a relationship with God because no sin will stand in his presence, and unless we are born from above, and God takes the marred clay that he's put on his potter's wheel, and remolds it again into another form, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. And having God in this world, aside from our eternal destination, which is oh so important, but having the advantage of having God and walking with him in this world is amazing. It is amazing. Pray a prayer with me. Father, I I pray, forgive me. I've walked without your son my whole life. I'm asking today, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, not based on my goodness, but based on what he accomplished on the cross, I invite you into my life and ask you to save me. Come into my life. I'm believing today in your Son. Move in my life and make me yours, I pray.
0: In Jesus' name, Amen.